0: everyone, and welcome to episode 235 of Fans of Power. I am Joe Amato, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Tyler T-Rex-Baker. And Nasty Nate's going to be taking a break for basically almost all the episode. I don't know if he'll join up later in the Q&A. We'll see. He might not. But today we have a very special guest. He's uh, not only a Masters of the Universe fan and Princess of Power fan, but he's somebody who's actually worked on these properties. And we're honored to have him on the show, Emiliano Santalucia. So Emiliano, thank you for joining Hello. us. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Now, before we get into discussing, like, you know, your homecoming project and some of the great artists from the past and stuff, for those people who might not know who you are, why don't you tell everybody a little bit of something about yourself?
1: Sure, yeah, Uh, I'll try to be very quick. Um, I'm currently a toy designer, and I design toys mostly for Hasbro, but also for other companies. And, uh, but I started uh, my career as a professional illustrator uh, drawing comic books. And I started with He-Man comic books with MV Creations. Uh, we did the 2002 comic, uh, along with the Mike Young production show and the Man uh, toy line with Mattel, of course. And uh, after that, I did some other comics for G.A. Joe and Transformers, so always toy related. And that eventually led me into chasing a job as a toy designer. And basically, the rest is history. I've
0: been doing this for uh, 12 years, almost 12 years now. Oh, and uh, definitely, me and Tyler can agree that I think the MVC comics—that was the last time we actually enjoyed Masters of the Universe comics because we haven't been really—we haven't been into the stuff these days. It's just horrible. But I'm gonna pass it off to Tyler because this is probably the first time Tyler's spoken with you, and he can hit you with some stuff before we start getting into everything.
2: Sure. Yes. I've spoken to Melan at one time. I think it was like ten years ago, and I as I contacted, I got the balls to like contact him about a commission and I just didn't have the money. But it was my one time of, of of connecting with, and I kind of felt like I had to walk with my tail between my legs because I I'm like, oh, my God, like I, I can't afford his, his rate, and I just felt like such an asshole. And that was the only time I ever spoke to Emiliano. Anything was just, like, anything beyond that was just like seeing where he would post about stuff or seeing him interviewed about things like that. So I almost felt like this is a, um, getting to talk with, you know, various people in the community, It's it's been an honor for me because I felt like it's, the, this podcast, like it's like doing all this like, crossover specials, almost like me, finally getting to converse with these people that I've, I've seen since, you know, since your website of, uh, uh, uh he uh, Masters Unbound, which is you know that website I went to pretty religiously, and uh, to finally converse with you one on one, I'm like, holy shit, man, I'm getting to sit down and talk with Emiliano, you know, and not just like some random asshole fan, like I'm actually getting to, you know like it's it's an honor to, to finally like yeah dude i got i got a lot to say i got a lot to say dude so thank you thank you uh, well you know for
1: me i even if uh, this is my professional life now. Uh, I, I never stopped uh, feeling just, you know, a fan li- like you guys. Uh, I, this is where I, I come from, and I, I'm still part of it. Maybe I, I change it a bit the the way I interact, of course, because it's all it's also a, a need of my job. You know, there is sometimes you can talk about the stuff you do, and eventually you cannot talk anymore. Uh, because that's our legal requirement, basically. But <laughs> I, I still feel a Tom. Of course, lots of things changed. Like even like the Italian websites and communities have shifted a lot to a lot of new fans that n- have never been in the same community of the people I, I got to know earlier. Um, so it, it, it's it's as change is weird, but as Still feel like home for me, and I I still just feel uh, like a regular fan.
0: You're still doing a lot of collecting, trying to find a lot of the rare stuff because we know (laughs) you go for a lot of the rare collectibles too.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I, I, you know, what I've become a less of a complete
1: completist lately. I decided to stop uh, with certain things, I, I just pick what I really like. Uh, And I gave up on, you know, on chasing certain things. Like for some time I was thinking, okay, I'll buy a lot of variants. Uh, But when I started working on this toy guide that you may have heard about that we have been working with the foundation for the past uh, eight years now, (laughs) uh, when I realized how many variants there are, uh, I said, okay, that's that's not for me. I mean, really, (laughs) there are. Over seventy different He-Man. Just the regular He-man. Over That's 70. crazy. Yeah, it's Jeez. it's just impossible.
0: Yeah. and stuff always keeps popping up. That's not only just the variants of the yeah. figures, but there's always some weird merchandise. Like, yeah. I've never seen this, I never heard of this, and it's all these different countries. And hell, even the United States, there's still always something that pops up and you just you yeah. can't believe it when you think you've seen it all, you haven't. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and that, 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 that's fantastic because there is always something
1: new to be surprised of. And, 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 you know, as a collector, there is this point where you say, okay, uh, I won't stress trying to have everything because it's just impossible. I'll just, right. if I, I'm lucky, I find something, uh, I'll get it. I'll chase maybe something I, I like a lot and I really want it, but I'll be happy with what, what, what I come across and what I have. Not stress too much about, trying to have every single item that there is out there definitely
0: because you can't but uh all right well i was gonna say um we're gonna probably transition into homecoming because we did this about you know about last month i mean it was a fantastic comic to talk about the fans were really into it and they were wondering about oh can we see these actual images so you put together a a page on facebook for it so we put that in the link but uh again now this is probably where i'm going to pass it to tyler again because when it came to homecoming i knew nothing about this i got onto the internet a lot later than everybody else and tyler knew of all these websites and when he linked this and showed this to me i was like god this is fantastic so he knew about it way before i did and um i'll hit it with tyler and he can go to you with some questions and comments
2: yeah this was uh it transcended like anything that you know just seeing like a basic kind of fanfic or something like that because i was like oh my god like the artwork was beautiful the story was very mature and and it was like oh my god he loves the live action movie as much as i do there's nothing but references to the live action movie all throughout this thing and he's got ko in here like holy shit man he's got ko in here it was just it was so nice because you know this is like the early days of you know the forms and stuff like that and just to see a lot of um love to every aspect of he-man that had come out up to that point was just so well represented in that story um you know from stuff in the toy line like the the three towers and you've got all the factions represented uh gweldor you got the cosmic key it was just um for so many filmation references it was just like you managed to nail something that that's what i had always wanted to see is that mm-hmm. you you brought in every all the important things from all the different um, you know, uh, can- I don't want to call it canon because to me it's all one big canon. It's just told slightly differently. But I, it was such a wonderful love letter, and um, you know, I know it was a project for you, but was it something that you had been thinking about all along, and just like this is the opportunity to do it, or what motivated you to like this? This is the time to do this.
1: Okay, uh, I- I'll tell you the full story. Uh, I wanted to to say also a couple of things before giving you all the, how it happened. I wanted to thank you guys for uh, having me today to talk about this because when I approached Joe uh, uh, about coming in the show and talking about it was because I I, I, sh- I saw the previous episodes and I heard everything you said, Tyler. And, um, and what struck me was that you guys uh, really understood my intention with this. And what I was going and what I wanted to do, and so it was it was so cool. And um, and you know, of course, you had a lot of questions. You were wondering why I did that, what I was thinking, how that started, and so I said, "Okay, that will be a perfect time to come <laughs> in the show, and answer these questions because it's, uh, it's still something I remember pretty well." Um, so, well, the first thing I, I usually I, I want to tell everybody before that people that haven't seen it is, is very old. Uh, it's, uh, is what, more than 20 years old now because I, I did it uh, at the comic school I was attending in 1998. Uh, um, so the, how it works uh, at the comic school here, it, it's a um, 3 years class, and the last year, um, every student is tasked uh, a task to with um, creating an entire comic book um, writing it drawing it now they also color it and go to like a local uh, printer and have it printed on an actual book with an art cover if they can afford it so they, they try to give the, the students the whole experience of uh, self-producing a comic and um, that time was a bit rougher in 98 it was just you know Coming up with the story and drawing it, I didn't have the time to even color it. Uh, also, because at that time it was, there was almost no digital coloring, and um, yeah, because I was a He-Man fan, uh, I had always uh, been a He-Man fan. I said, "Well, that that's the perfect opportunity of um, writing something about Masters of the Universe the way I wanted." It. Um, it was something I felt confident into like this is a subject i know very well there is stuff i want to say because i've been thinking all this time so let's do this as my project for for school and i, I gotta say i got a lot of laugh about because of that <laughs> a lot of people were, were yeah they were looking at this and say why are you doing this why he-man i mean it wasn't Popular anymore. We're talking about. I can
2: relate. I was scared shitless to even acknowledge, like, when I was at school looking at your image, if I had downtime, I'd make sure no one could see me. Like, I'd have to, like, minimize the screen. (laughs) Because it was, like, back then, wearing anything that had 80s cartoons, I was afraid of being made fun of for it. And sure enough, it's, like, as He-Man was coming back in it popularity, people were more, more, wearing more of this stuff. You could find it more available in the stores and stuff. But I was scared shitless to admit that I was still watching He-Man in high school when I saw Homecoming. Like, I was afraid to tell Nathan. I thought Nathan was going to give me so much shit. And sure <laughs> enough, when he saw it, he, to this day, I mean, he is a, a collector because of seeing my He-Man collection. So I, I'm right there <laughs> with you on that, dude. Yeah, and,
1: and, you know, it's still a comic school uh, is uh, a comic uh, a comic book school is still a pretty nerdy place anyway uh,
0: so yeah that's what I... shocks me not to interrupt but that shocks me that they would try to laugh or put down I was like it's a comic school Jesus everything's comic books how could they even mock you I mean were they uh, doing well, stuff just... like those based off of Marvel and DC trying to create their own I, I couldn't even imagine them matching what you did but go ahead No, they weren't really mocking me. they were just
1: you know they were rising their eyebrows and saying oh, that's, 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 that's a such a bunch of
2: assholes uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The friends are not to me. That I, I just I, I don't I don't hesitate to call anybody who mocks he man at any time they're an asshole. You know. Well, there were just...
1: teachers from other classes coming in and seeing this stuff, but I had my my teacher. Uh, I, I remember getting getting upset about this. You know, it was like people were kind of mocking or, 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 or laughing about this project, and my teacher defended it all the time. Because he knew there was a potential there. He said, well, you know, this could be relaunched. There could be something here. And he also understood that it meant something for me. It was important for me. And he absolutely encouraged me in doing it. So that was good because I had something behind my back doing this. So... Fortunately, I mean, even if I got this initial laughter about this, it wasn't a problem. It was something like I felt uh, bad about it all the time. I, I did it. It took an year. I mean, saying that 36 pages took almost an year is not a good thing. You should, shouldn't be uh, doing 36 pages in an year. But it was the school project. And I was thinking myself, it was my very first experience doing so many pages and um and then i, I remember that the summer before that was the first time i got onto uh, onto the internet and i you know i found out about um adam tyner's uh website yes um james uh james and, and zadok website and i found out the hero was a thing because we got the giants in italy but we never got heroes so we had this mm. weird guy on the boxes and i was wondering what the hell is that? <laughs> then I found the picture, oh, it's Hero, and it was really, I was shocked when I, when I saw that, and I was shocked when I also realized that the giant uh, were uh, sold only in Italy, because everybody else in the world would say, oh, these are prototypes of never produced toys, and I said, no, I have them at home. That's um, crazy. Uh, And I I look at my friend, my friend, uh, Alessio DiMarco, which uh, is the guy that helped me creating Master Sunbound. We look at each other and say, well, maybe we can do some money
0: here. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember Uh, the retail on those? Because I'm curious, what was the retail price on those giants back then? Um,
1: Here it was, it it, it will be a figure It won't make any sense to you because it was around 40,000 liras. 40,000 liras today would be uh, 20 euros. So, yeah, it will probably, they would have probably been around $20 or less. God.
0: What are they now? Like two, dollars $3,000 or something insane yeah. for those? God.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we, we didn't even actually sell them. We probably, well, we sold some and, and traded some for other masses of Dinners toys, like 12 of them. 12 megator <laughs> 6 titles
2: what about <laughs> and, what about the uh the accessory packs too? like the scuba attack and the tower tools that, were those pretty accessible for you as well like yeah those? yeah
1: yeah all all the last uh wave was very easy to find it was broadly distributed um and uh I, well now i'm finding out also that being later I, I allowed mattel to correct a lot of mistakes because uh, like you know that um, Eternia's monorail is super yeah. brittle. Yes, it's yes.: Not the Italian version, the Italian because the, the, the European distribution of Eternia was from the Italian factory, and that plastic was much better. Uh, same for the power gears. Uh, I, I had the experience that the U.S. power gears now they just explode. Like oh, you, wow. cannot, you cannot touch them. If you find one, don't try to put them on, on a figure. Because it will explode. It's like glass. Jesus. And uh, I had no clue. It's it, well, I, I had like a bad experience at the, about. Oh, it. you had like, a blow up I, on you? <laughs> yeah, I try. As, I, oh, yeah, this was like five hundred dollars. Let's put it on a figure to photograph. And wow, it started breaking. Yeah. Uh, oh, no <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So yeah, don't don't just leave them in the box or just display them very carefully, but not on a figure. It's just, they, they will destroy themselves. Wow. But the, the Italian version uh, and the Spanish version are um, made of a much better plastic, so they don't, uh, they don't fall apart that easily.
0: Yeah, those, yeah but- uh, the monorails, the, I knew nothing about those until I, years ago, was putting my attorney place playset back up just for display purposes, and it cracked. And my heart sunk. I was like, oh, my God. And I went online everybody said, oh, it happens with almost everything. And then, thank goodness, at least on eBay, there was somebody doing some repro tracks yeah, yeah. that are really perfect and beautiful. And now yeah. it's back to normal.
1: You know how I, I bypassed that problem? Uh, I never um, – my, my monorail is still together since I was a child. Like, no kidding. I, yeah, it's not Eternia has been put back in the boxes, but the monorail is still hanging on a wall, flat. So I never tried to
0: pull it, pull it apart. <laughs> That's crazy. What made you do that, anyways? Isn't that bizarre you did it? It's a good thing you did, but what made you? Well, keep it, it, it was. Like, it? I had the feeling like it was dangerous to 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 pull it <sighs> apart. Good instinct, I guess. Huh? <laughs> All right. Well, we'll flip you back to your your yeah. homecoming. Which, by uh, the way, did you at least get an A for this? I hope. I couldn't imagine getting anything less than an A for this project. If you got something less, your teacher would piss me off. <laughs> no, I don't think I got like
1: the 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 perfect grades uh, at the final exam. I mean, I good. I, I get a good score, but the exam, the final exams, wasn't that great. Uh, I think <laughs> so. It was okay, but we give uh, you an A though. <laughs>
2: Oh my god we give him a plus 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 extra credit no cove <laughs> you know put a sticker he should star be teaching the head. class that that that's the kind of great he's like you know it's just it unbelievable
1: well so, sometime now, now sometime I, I, it happens for me to teach the classes over here in palermo but uh, yeah all this long premises was because this is old so it was my first project of this site. so people that will see it for the first
2: time It's not that great. (laughs) Like, the art is... Oh, whatever, dude. I I, I get your mentality, but I I, I am such a a picky person when it comes to He-Man art. Like, I will not be nice to people who have, like, shitty artwork. I mean, I just won't say anything, but I'm like, I I will not settle for anything less than, like, top-tier He-Man artwork because of the box art, the mini-comics, and seeing that Homecoming artwork. I mean, because when we... When I told Joe about it, it's just like what, four or five years ago, Joe. It yeah. was just, you know, and I, I have vivid memories of it. I haven't, you know, I didn't revisit it till we actually reviewed it. But I had so many images from that comic burned into my brain of how you drew He-Man certain ways, how you drew King Hiss with his kind of King outfit. You had a few additions to him, Skeletor's yeah. outfit. Uh the 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 shots of King Randor leading the heroic warriors. Um how you drew leech standing in front of the massive cosmic key i just there were so many things that i just never forgot and it's still beautiful to this day like nathan visiting it it was just like it's not something it it ages like fine wine and i don't even drink wine but it's just (laughs) it's like oh oh my god it's unbelievably and that's the thing too is that it was your take on the vintage looks You know, it wasn't like the NYP look, which was a phenomenon when you did that. But your take on the vintage styles, that's what made it so damn good. It was your version of the 80s stuff in a very mature, edgy way. I'm like, son of a bitch. I mean, it was just like I cannot tell you how many times I went back to read that when I was in high school. So much that I printed off the pages Mm. and put them on my box of He-Man comics so I could have like pictures of it to look at in my spare time.
1: I think, you know, that was one of the reasons that clicked with so many people because it was the first thing access, like a good side story accessible to a lot of people that had nothing for, for years. So people found this and they started talking about, because I remember I was in the old mailing list when we launched this. And yeah, everybody was talking about it and it was the first new things they got in a long time so I think it worked very well also because of that reason uh, and because
0: of everything like all the details like what Tyler was saying but I mean something as simple as background characters you usually don't see somebody put that much love and detail into background characters you made everybody its own recognizable person in things I mean just like mm. you know when they're in the tavern type just to see the detail in the floorboards you know the barrels <laughs> it's like you know you look at a lot of art nowadays and even stuff from back then They would do some of the quickest cop-out of nothing for background, either where you don't see nothing at all or just a simple little shape representing something, but you didn't half-ass anything in your comics. So I couldn't see anything being looked at as, oh, that looks like shit. No, it looks amazing.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Well, you know what? Um, That was like my way of drawing comics, and I carried it out in the MVC Comics too. And, well... To be honest, I admire artists that are able to, you know, to make a page look good and full without drawing everything, and that's actually the way you survive doing this job, because comics don't pay a lot unless you're very very famous, um, so you you barely survive on comics, and they are very stressful to do. Like when you have to do at least one page a day, well, you, you may work 12. Twelve hours a day, at least, drawing, and you do that constantly, and so, but for not, not for a lot of money, so a good artist finds way to not draw everything, um, and that that helps you, you know, moving through the pages and get the job done without dying, basically, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and because I was so um, focused on doing all the details uh, that eventually burned me out you know when I I was done with comics I was really burned I said no I'm not good for comics because I put too many details on it uh, on them and so I said yeah doing toys is easier in a way because I have to draw things one time so even if I put a lot of stuff in it uh, I won't have to reproduce it every page i was
0: gonna say would you find that being stressful meaning like you said you like adding all those little meticulous details and like you said like let's say you're working on a new comic now and you want to keep adding but they tell you oh you don't have to Does like an ocd kick in where you're like i really want to do that oh yeah okay yeah
1: yeah yeah and 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 during the mvc comic um because of the kind of art uh mattel was aiming for etc uh Vala asked me to not use blacks um uh, to not spot blacks uh, as i did like in coming um but that means i uh, that meant i had to draw everything because when you can cast shadows and use blacks you can hide a lot of stuff it helps telling the story because it had drama and mood so it's something i missed um when doing that but I also meant I had to draw everything like on a wall I had to draw all the um, the bricks well mm-hmm. y- you can find a way to not draw all the bricks but using blacks helps not drawing all the bricks uh, uh, or you, you just create uh, a texture with brush strokes um, here I wasn't um, well we, we did inks for the first four issues then my friend Marco left and we published it just um, pencils which means I had to create inks with pencils which was Mm. another stressful thing because you know well this is not a brush but when you do a stroke with a brush you you can create a a broader stroke or or a very thin uh, stroke with the pencil if you want a very thick stroke you just have to draw it you know, <laughs> right, so right. so you know it was twice the
0: time, and yeah, at the end I was totally burned out by doing that. Now there's a character that I remember I mentioned in this comic that when I was first wondering, Tyler was like, I wasn't sure, and you confirmed it. What made you put Star Child in just by chance? Because in the community it seems like she's almost one of the most hated characters. But just to know that you popped her in Homecoming, did you like Star Child? Did you think that was just a it's- fun thing to add? And Starfield is in. A, in my,
2: yeah, in she wasn't Homecoming, Joe. You're talking about the faceless one comic we did.
0: Yeah. Oh shit! I'm sorry. Oh yeah. goddamn! See, look, Joe just had a mental fart there. Okay, yeah. Okay, that was never. Never mind. All right, let me drink some water. See, what when it's hot, I'm talking. About. God, Joe.
2: What? A, what? What Jeez. a botch that was. Let me. Let me just take her. You just yeah. sit down and shut up.
0: Head uh, head
2: on on Go ahead, Tyler. <laughs> no, but I. I, I will. But piggyback on that. Like that's one of the things I loved about Homecoming and your run on the NBC comics was that even with the restrictions that you had on the comic, you still managed to to put in a lot of cameos Mm -hmm. for the horde hero star child. That, that was, that was one of the big pivotal things for me and reading that was like, Oh my God, like there's, there's, there's like all these like uh, bust uh, sculpts of the horde, you know, in this little uh, hallway that uh, skeleton, the warriors are destroying. And then seeing hero in issue number two, in that silhouette, it was like oh my god i couldn't believe that well i i remember the day that i got that and thought oh my god like it's hero like it was like no king rachel bullshit it's hero man this is amazing and and just uh and and that one in particular the faceless one too because that's when you threw in like the references to central tower eldor is in there um and answering that that question of which i know people have. If, if they don't know then they haven't done the research in the in the in the on the, on the uh the fandom but uh putting in keldor as the unnamed one in that story i mean that 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 was your intention right because i know it's not it's not really addressed, but it's um well no it wasn't supposed to be the unnamed one okay so so what what was that initially because that's that's what i always was kind of led to believe well
1: of course yeah i mean we that the thing was, we had those restrictions on us by the time we got on uh, Volume 3, where they basically told us, you cannot do anything at all. And uh, 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 how do we tell a story if we cannot do anything at all? And w- maybe we can use 12 characters and we cannot go anywhere. Uh, so that we just did it because we couldn't do anything. So, OK, let's illustrate stuff that we cannot mention. And I mean, there was a backstory, and in, and in, 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 when I published the the Bible for for the comic, some of the stuff got explained. But um, well, what I wanted to go was that the unnamed one was our Prime, or part of our Prime, because I wanted to connect everything. So okay. part of our Prime was banned, and in ancient uh, Preternia, and he became or prime he created the horde outside Eternia, and what he wanted to, to do was going back to Eternia. that, that was the plan that was the okay. idea
2: so it, it, is keldor connected to that you know like keldor
1: that- yes because you know it, it, in my idea what i always imagined power of Grayskull school was about was uh, about keldor going back in time and serving the, name, the unnamed one. As King is suggesting in the mini-comic. You know, when he says, oh, maybe it's uh, like a... An emissary a certain, from the unnamed one that we serve? Yes. 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 So, I, I always imagined that the Power of School was the story of Keldor going back in time and becoming Skeletor while nah. serving. But well, you know, turned out that probably wasn't the case because everything else I've seen about Power of Grey School has nothing to do with Keldor. So I, I mean, they were making stuff uh, 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 as they went back then. So maybe eventually Tim Kilpin, which was responsible for this stuff, would have taken this story of Keldor somewhere because they were. They, I mean, they were planning something when they introduced the. the Three Towers and King East, etc. You could tell between the mini-comics that all the stuff was connected. So I think they, maybe some of the writers, maybe Tim Kilpin had an idea where to go with that. But as far as toy design I've seen for Power of Grayskull, there was nothing for Keldor. So, But yeah, if Super 7 had continued Power of Grayskull like we were planning to do... (laughs) Definitely, I would have put Keldor in it, and it would have been a human Keldor, not blue, blue-skinned Keldor.
2: No, okay, all right. Yeah. I, I do you, oh, yes. Which I've, I've always frowned upon the idea of Keldor anyway. But I, I guess it, I'm open to interpretation, which I honestly I would trust you with it because I, I liked what you had planned for that. And did you learn anything else? You know, because you guys have, you know, kind of been, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and kind of uncovering so much stuff. What is there anything that you uncovered about the Powers of Grace three-parter that we hit that most people don't know? No, no,
1: not the story. Um, basically, I think the only outline uh, was discovered by Scott uh, at Mattel. But there was nothing about what was going to happen. It was really a very rough outline of the first issue uh, and where they mentioned Hero, etc. Uh, but there was nothing more. So I didn't find anything else about the story. Uh, what we recently found, thanks to uh, Brian Flynn uh, from Super 7, um, was some designs um, that uh, for other characters. Not many, to be honest. Uh, just a couple more. Uh, there is one that got me excited because, like, seeing it among this character, I said, oh, wait, that may be the unnamed one. But I'm not sure because of the dates. Um, so all, all this material we got was Power of Grayskull. Uh, but this character was, like, the very first first one drawn, Judging by the dates that, that they are signed and dated, and here, well, Gray, which had a lot of names before um, Gray, Eric, uh, David, um, Gray School, Lord Gray School, uh, he changed names a lot of times. It was drawn after that, so I wondered, uh, who knows? Maybe they were going to use that guy as their named one because it was already designed. Uh, I, I I'm not sure. One thing I can I can say though um is that people have already seen some of this character without knowing that they are power of Grayskull characters. And I'm not talking about those carbacks by Errol, uh where you had the, those mashups figures from the late, the you know, the guys that yes. were actually but. released as PowerCon exclusive. Not those. There are characters in the Foundation catalog that are Power of Grace School characters.
2: And in the initial book that was released.
1: Yeah, the the, the one uh, that we did in two thousand and eleven.
2: Oh my God, where's that book? I got that book around here somewhere. All right, here, here it is. Hey, hey. All right, all right, all right. Is there any? Right, is there any? I, I got it right here. Like, is there? A, yeah. Can you, Is who? Do I need to look for here. Well, is, if I mean, if, it's, if this is supposed to keep secret, I'll just I won't say anything. Well, like, I, I, got the,
1: I, I will give you one because okay. it's, it's fun uh, because it's also the most unexpected one because you think about Power of school and you think, okay, it's going to be really sword and sorcery and monsters and creatures uh, no the most technological guy that you can find in the book is a Power of school character <laughs> and I don't oh well, I, I'll, I'll tell you which pages i okay. this is groundbreaking
2: Scaram- Scaram- news here, people you're getting it live here <laughs> holy shit balls man <laughs> this
0: is the one time I don't have my book by me now huh?
2: what a I loser
0: all time. I know god I have everything right by me at all times this, this is the one time I don't have okay, my
1: yeah, book it's on page 57 57 yeah. streak yep <laughs> streak <laughs> is a power of school
0: character I'm going to have
2: to go back and look. It at is it like, is like a, um, just a, a, a heroic character or a very yeah, was, comedic? Just no, a heroic was, uh, character.
1: Well, I, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I think it became heroic um, because there are. I've seen so many iterations of this guy. He had a bird head at one point, a lot of names. But if you notice, it has this crest on his belt.
2: Yes, oh, I see it. It's got... Yeah, it's got the grayskull. It's got it's got grayskull on there, which, or a a version of it, which
1: is the same crest that can be found on um, elders um, elders sketches. Basically, all those guys had this crest. So I was I was surprised too. I said, like, oh, oh,
2: "Oh, holy crap! <laughs> this is the power of grace." So, oh my god, I I've looked seen. at this book so many times, and like I never would have thought. Yeah, um, me neither, of course. Uh, and that's absolutely. what I was going to
0: ask you to see if you knew anything about because I know like the early concept drawings of Hebrew has that G on his chest and that G on his staff, and then yeah. Titus has that G. So I was wondering yeah. if there was any connection. Oh, okay.
1: It was, that's- yeah, it was because it was Lord, it was Grayskull. Uh, it was, it had the regular name as his secret identity, but until the very last minute, uh, it was Grayskull. Just Grayskull or Ro- Lord Grayskull even in, i think I even in the script for the mini comic is called Gray school not hero and <laughs> they they changed them you know and i um i know we're we're going in a lot of different tangents we'll we'll go back to I'm coming but um when we were working with super 7 on the hero figure uh, i noticed i i had studied that uh, single photo we have sp- four hours during the years and when we had to you know to provide um, directions for the four horsemen to re-sculpt him I, i spent more hours looking at every pixel you know i scanned it blow it up looking at every pixel to understand better how certain shape work and i noticed that the h on his chest um was a sticker it wasn't sculpted so what I'm wondering still is maybe the original sculpt had the G and they had to cover it with a sticker. It would be awesome to find the, the the test shot and and find out if it had the G.
0: Was there someone that has that test shot? I mean, no, there's a couple Eldor test shot. No, nothing on hero. No, no,
1: no, no. I mean, I mean, there was a point where everybody believed there was test shot and it was, it was not the test shot. It was, um, a custom figure that uh, went around around two thousand two or five, and people didn't know where it came from, but it was clearly a test, um, a, a custom figure. I mean, I trace I it.
0: That w- it. It would make sense too, because I mean, when you're talking about that emblem on his chest, isn't that almost the same shape as how that G, yeah. G looked on that? Okay. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. See, so I'm, you know, I'm confident. That there was a G under the sticker, and they had to change it last minute. I and you know, that. now now that I'm now that I'm thinking of it, would have been cool if I suggested the first to actually sculpt the G. In removable, yeah. Yeah, and put the oh, sticker man. on so there was this 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 hidden feature in it. That would have been very. That could
0: cool. have been a cool little plug-in. It could have popped in right there and popped out <laughs> so, so the G, that's pretty. And didn't you? Now this is. I keep thinking it was either uh. Wizard Magazine or Toy Fair, but I thought you drew an image of Hero yep. that was... Okay, and was that something that was maybe going to pop up in the comics of what you want to do but you guys couldn't do? Or Yeah,
1: um, I mean, we, we hadn't drawn any story with him, but it was that point where things started to be weird with Mattel. Mm. And so we we did this interview with these images just to show where we wanted to go, but that actually... Pissed off a lot of people at Mattel. And they, 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 well, they they couldn't, you know, unprint the Wizard magazine that was printed, oh, okay. but they were made at us for that picture. <laughs>
0: yes. So I couldn't okay.
1: post it or, or talk about it for, for a <laughs> long time.
0: Okay. Yeah, I always had that, and I would talk to people about it. And some people didn't even know what I was talking about. I still think I have that magazine somewhere, but I can never find it. I keep telling Tyler, "Hey, I'm going to show you," and I just can't find it. But I know I have this, and I don't even know has that really popped up any line or online anywhere for somebody. No, to see? no, I don't
1: think I ever reposted that one. I, I, I might eventually. Yeah, I mean, there is no no issue anymore right now. But yeah, I, I think I'll repost it sometime.
0: Now, with Homecoming, yeah. I know, like, again, I know you're really busy with what you do, but is there ever, you think, a possibility that if you talk with Mattel or whether it's some kind of, like, free-funded thing, is this something that could maybe one day, you think, be published? I think this would be an amazing story for everybody to see published, printed out for home- Homecoming. Would you like to pursue that if it could be possibly done and colored? Uh, well,
1: if they, ask, uh, if they ask me, I would definitely say yes. Um uh... I understand that it will create a weird precedent legally that they take something um, done by a fan and incorporate as an official piece. Um, Now I understand some of the legalities involved with that. And, you know, you will start seeing a lot of people trying to do the same and that will create headache for, for Mattel and their lawyers. So I don't think that will ever happen, but, if they will ask me, yeah, I will definitely say yes. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, it'd be cool because, you know, you've actually worked for them. And what if they ask you to, you know, like in the future, you know, work yeah. on a future project. And I just think it'd be great right, because, I mean, I'll tell you what. This crap here that we're getting with the Origins figures, this horrible mini-comic, I mean, it just sucks. I mean, give me your cards any fucking day of the week. This is amazing. I'll take these over that crappy mini-comic, and that's why it's like, God, I'd want something like this, which you've done in the past, but... It just sucks. I mean, like I said, these are beautiful cars, by the way. I mean, if nobody has Thank those, those figures, damn, these are amazing. But uh, it's just, Thank it's you. a disappointment. That thing that came with Origins, like, God, six pages of lazy, just garbage. But I'm not here to, you know, put people down or nothing. I don't want you being a participant. That's my that. part.
2: Just you know, let, let me handle <laughs> that, Joe. You be Mr. Nice Guy. Yes, yeah, I, I was surprised
1: him. that uh, they didn't get the Axel drawing. That I guess you know the budget for this was very very low because it's not it's not even at The artist uh, on the book uh, because I recognize him is uh, Ruben Martinez, which is a designer, a toy designer inside Mattel, which worked with the Four Horsemen on the 2002 line, and is now working on Origins. Is actually the designer in charge of Origins. So um, if if he had to do it there were there was very little money <laughs> to, to be spent mm. or something like that just a terrible
0: story just a terrible story too god oh, just, I just can't. Well, I, I
1: I I read it it's not really a story it's just you know an, <laughs> an, an
0: advertisement but yeah. yeah
1: i understand that they didn't they couldn't do more than that because they they're paying axel to illustrate mini comics for the wrestling figures um so probably ways. wrestling Wrestling figures have a, a bigger budget. I don't know, you know, may, maybe you know if this stuff sells well, maybe they'll be able to do more o- o- on the next wave or, or, or the next figures they will announce.
0: Hopefully, be nice. Yeah. It'd be nice increasing the story wise and the pages and yeah. making something a little better. I mean, you think like I said, the stuff we grew up reading, which was fantastic, and then you get this, and I just feel bad for kids. I always say that's like I said a couple episodes ago that it's like. You're not, they're not challenging the minds of these kids. They're just giving them these quick little nothing pages to read. It's like they can't use their imagination like we did with all the stories we were reading that sucked us in.
1: Well, the the, the, the weirdest thing I found about the, this mini-comic is that that is just one. So, again, I understand the, uh, the limitations and the budget, etc., but um, Even I with Tila?
0: Is that going to be coming with Tila and Evelyn and all of them? The same comic? Or? Yeah, I
1: think it's, yeah, it's the, the entire oh, wave. Wow. It's just one comic. Oh, uh, that's
0: terrible. Wow.
1: Well, it's just that the, the ha- it has no purpose. Uh, well, y- you had um, the, the old mini-comics. You kind of find a different one in every figure. Not, not exactly, but there were many. So you had to collect the figure to collect the comics. And you had different information about the character in each comic. So there was a marketing purpose in, uh, in those mini comics. And this one being the same everywhere uh, is not adding much. It's not adding value to the figure. It doesn't give uh, children uh, more information. So I- I'm, I'm right. just confused about the purpose of, of, of yeah I
0: don't get that why they would put it in with every single figure from that wave I mean I mean, then what's the point what's the sense of them even drawing up a comic I mean literally like how you did the art cards that were a facade for at least a mini comic it was different for every figure it's like well do something like that if they don't want to put the effort into actually giving us a good story it's like what's the sense of even making the mini comic then you know I don't get it
1: <laughs> no I don't, I don't get it either All I, right. I well I,
0: I don't want to delve into that and you know make anything negative so so I'll pass it to Tyler if he wanted to ask you anything more about Homecoming before we get into some of like the best artists that you liked back in the day. But I'll pass it to you, Tyler.
2: Yeah, I don't want to devote any more time to that bullshit line anyway. <laughs> so anyway, I, 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 what I love about Emiliano's work is that he always managed to incorporate a vast array of like the the, the later characters. Like in Homecoming, you've got Clamp chant featured, in there, which is a, a personal favorite and has been for years. And that you would you know you worked in Ko. You don't mention them, but I, but it was just so cool that like of all the new adventures characters that you you, you put Ko in, and that is Ko, right? I just want to make sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not yeah. Just, okay.
1: Yeah, it, it's him. It's it's Tatarus for us in Europe. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's him.
2: Which I, I love the the, the 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 facial hair addition you gave to him too. Like you know, time had passed, and uh, yeah,
1: yeah, and that was and, and it
2: was just so many nice touches. Like he comes back and you know, all disheveled, the beard, and mustache, everything as well, but you know, in that one uh, group shot of the snake man with King S sitting on the skeletal Formation Throne, you got Squeeze. It's just, you just remember all these details that you just pulled from so much of the mythology. And do you as, do you genuinely appreciate the live action movie, New Adventures, whether or not, you know, New Adventures was executed to the full extent or the, the, the full um, potential it had or not, but it was like you appreciated that part of almost like tying it all together because th- that's why I, I that's why i feel like if people don't like no adventures look at this look at homecoming and see how well like this ties all the elements that people like to make fun of or don't don't quite buy into if it's incorporated in a very competent way like how do you not appreciate that like it mm-hmm. like knowing that he-man and skelter left you got she-ra and one of those shots, too, of, like, that she was still here during all this. Like, there's so much potential. And the story that you told him, like, even things that are not really addressed, like, those are stories in their, you know, in their own of, of just seeing certain panels and certain shots in your home I'm like, I want to know more about that, you know? Yeah. Like you, it, you genuinely just appreciate so much of He-Man. This, I guess yeah. is what I'm, I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, yeah. A well, it's a long-winded answer to our question. God, I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. No problem at
1: all. It was, uh, it was my way of paying respect to everything that, that happened. I mean, of course I had my preferences, uh, when I first saw the movie, I was kind of disappointed too. I, I started to like the movie later on. Uh, New Adventure. I hated the toys when they came out because they were taking him and away from me. Like they were, there were like I opened the catalog and there was no more Masters of the Universe. So it was like big for me when I was a kid. No more Masters of the Universe. This is my life <laughs> until then. So, but you know, this stuff existed. And i say well i I don't want to to judge um so I say, okay, let's put everything together of course, and this i mean we'll talk about this. this will be the most controversial take on, on new adventure, et cetera probably um but you know, I wanted to pay respect to t- every to everything that existed and a knowledge that existed, and it was there. And of course, there was also you know the fun of um, using character that never had the chance to appear anywhere. So you know, using Squeeze uh, uh, or um, Natasha and Clam Champ. Other than the mini comics, we never got to see them anywhere else. So you know, it was fun to draw this this guy that. We got the toys, uh, and, but they were never used. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, that that was... <laughs> I started using all, all, all this extra stuff in it. Um, and then, of course, I wanted to give a reason for everything. It was not... Like, if I had to bring back certain elements or to tie them together, um, I wanted to have a reason for that. Now, I don't know, you know... Yes, I thought about this. Uh, I don't know how much I thought about this. It was like it wasn't like a super uh, long plan. I didn't spend years. It was ideas I had in mind, and then they just came together when I I, I wrote this. Um, <clears throat> I think I, I wrote it in, in in a month before going back to the school for the final year. Um, and yeah, there were there were a lot of things like where is Shira? what happened to him and in the future, what happened to Skeletor. And I know, um, like y- you talk a lot about how you like it, the way Skeletor, he is here, uh, which is very ambiguous in, in his behavior. And, um, and also, uh, even Tila, what Tila does and why, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it was maybe, maybe a darker and, uh, um uh, more mature approach to these stories but even there we this was not a, a story for uh, for children it was a story for people that had grown up with this with these guys so all of us were able to accept and read a, a story that was a bit more mature um well, I mean, it was kind of natural to do this way, but probably that was what I was thinking about it.
0: Did you? It's have shocking a, a, though that you used. Oh, go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead. Oh no,
2: I, I just did. You have a a plan or an idea in your head of what Skeletor's role, like why he was the way he was? Because it was like that was something I I just I had to ask you, like what your plan was for Skeletor or why he like there has got to be something yeah. you had in mind that you were going to build up to. Maybe in a Well, form yeah, form I, a I I actually don't know what would have happened after ah. this,
1: Uh at least for Skeletor. I wasn't sure. But, yeah, I, I know exactly why it was this way. And this is the part I was telling you about that is probably going, going to sound very controversial. Okay. Now, um, I guess most of the fans listening know uh, the story of the New Adventures. We have... Denebria, with the evil mutants, and Primus, with the good humans. Now, I was, uh, I was really big into the X-Men back then. And X-Men... I mean, uh, we were... Uh, we, we, didn't, we were on pair with US, with the comic back then. Um, so we got... During the 90s, we got a lot of X-Men from the 80s. So, you know, John Byrne and Chris Claremont ran the Classic stuff. Yeah, classic stuff. And what, you know, I was reading that comics for years and it was about the mutants and ras- racism and, you know, how people treated the mutants because they were different, etc. And, yeah, it, it was, it, I think it's silly in retrospect, but I had this thing, okay, evil mutants on Denebria and good humans on Primus. What if, at one point, He-Man found out that Primus, government of Primus and people on Primus, were uh, those keeping Denebria from being free, and they were exploiting Denebria resources and workers. And just, you know, it was like a big concentration camp for uh, mutants. Um, so there were, because we don't, especially in the cartoon, we don't see the mutants all being evil. It's just another planet. So why these two uh, planets are at war with each other? And so what if He-Man find out is on the wrong side? Not 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 right away, but at one point. And he realizes, oh, wait, these are the bad guys. And at the same time, I mean, everything goes exactly as we know with Skeletor. And uh, uh, and Flog and the uh, evil mutants etc. But what if you fi- Skeletor find out that uh, Flog is not entirely bad, and um, and Flog is like you know um, Yasser Rafat was alive at that time. Yeah, uh, still, you know the guy. Uh, um,
2: Yes, I know who you're talking From
1: about Palestine. Yeah, yeah. And, you know what? What is is Flog is kind of a, an arafat type guy. So it's like is, he's, he's moving a war. He's moving is uh, using violence too, but is for the good of his people. And and Skeletor all of a sudden found himself involved in a good cause, and that you know that kind of messes with him because it was all about the power uh, that he had to get, but now he has a good cause to, that he's involved with. And he, of course, he could have gone another way, he could have just used his to his advantage, but I, I imagine that struck something into him, and basically they were on the opposite side. He-Man was the, with the bad guys, and Skeletor was with the, with the good guys. And of course, He-Man couldn't be with the bad guys. So something happened where, you know, He-Man had to fight um, Flipshot and Hydron, which were the military guys from Primus. And, and maybe Tatarus was, Kaio was the rebel that helped He-Man, and they left Primus and helped the Nebria, and they helped the mutants, and they all went back in time. And that was what broke He-Man in Homecoming. That's why it is so broken, because he, he, he was confused, and, um, and it, he believed he did the wrong thing when he, he, he fought for Primus. So that, that's the entire thing about, about Homecoming.
2: Joe, Joe, hang on. <laughs> this is fucking brilliant, man. This, this is... I'm, I'm, I'm like...
0: Oh, <laughs> well, he brought a hell of a background to something. you never expect something like oh that. Oh my I mean, god. Really like is, I, 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 I if
2: my brain it, could yeah. pop out of my skull right now, it would have done it. Because that, <laughs> that is just um So that would have meant and your your take is like Master Sabrian and the, the council and all, all of them like are all aware of what's going on.
1: Yeah. And, and they were hiding it from him Just so could they could use him.
2: So when, so so essentially like flaw, karate, hoove they're kind of like a rebellion almost like they're rebelling well, against they're,
1: they're, well i i could say they are terrorists uh, but they're fighting
2: for a cause but just well, in a yeah, very yeah. extreme way uh, yeah, just
1: start, like in the real world i mean we have terrorists that fight for good cause but we had terrorists that fought for bad cause and of course we're not um, saying that they they did the right thing but of course like freedom of palestinian etc th- those can be good cause it's just that they are hacked by an extreme fringe so the evil mutants led by uh, by flog were this extreme fringe fighting for uh, the freedom of their um, of their the citizens of of Denebria. You know, so i mean it, yeah it was a lot uh, a lot more of a gray area not not so black and white like it was before
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 how, how do you not illustrate that or or, or like have you i mean because i i don't know maybe, maybe you shared this at some point on on a forum somewhere but have you ever like shared this like to a <laughs> lot of people or is this pretty much you just kind of kept to yourself maybe a small circle of people aware of this
1: uh, oh well, yeah i mean, I mean with, with my friends we talk a lot about it um i don't know honestly not not organically like this. I probably mentioned something in you know talking on the forums with with fans, but I never explain um, everything about it. You know, probably because nobody ever asked it.
2: <laughs> this is insane. Like I, I don't know how all these. Years, and no one bothered to ask. I should have just got the balls and just said, "Dude, you got to explain some of this, man." But I just felt like he. I, I don't know. It's like who am I to ask? You know, you didn't know who I was or anything like that. But I wow i mean and no desire to finish the story like when the horror come through like like it's an <laughs> epic, such an epic cliffhanger and now you explain all, all this like you got entirely too many stories to tell dude you got to get on the ball tell hasbro they got to wait you know do we got to do like a, a kickstarter just do like a fanzine or something to get you to, to illustrate these stories joe am i wrong in this or am i am i nuts no, like I said,
0: I like the twist of it. I felt like it was an M. Night Shyamalan movie or something. We found out something, boom, different at the end. I mean, that's a hell of a twist. I love it. And again, it's something that when I think I asked Tyler that, too. I was like, did Emiliano do anything past this? And he said no, because I was like, oh, my God, I'd love to know what happened past this. But now to hear all this backstory... I mean, again, I, like you said, you're a busy man, but I would love to see this actually come to fruition. Now, here's, here's another thing. This is stuff mm-hmm. where I guess I don't understand all the legal stuff, and I know you know a lot more than I do about it. Now, if you could do a fan project. And let's say it wasn't to where, I don't know, I guess you didn't make money, but it covered the cost of your inks or colorings or work on it. And Mm. it was just something to be delivered. Is that something that can happen or is just no, they can't allow any type of fan projects, even if it's not profitable. Is that something that Mattel would not allow? Because I'd love to hear. I mean, I'd love to Mm. see everything you just said come into comic form. But you'd have to explain because I know it's tricky. I know there's a lot of weird things and ins and outs.
1: Well, it's. It got weirder uh, in the past few years, you know, because of the whole uh, Star Trek stuff that happened with Paramount, uh, where they, uh, they stopped at production of many fan movies. Uh, but people were raising money for those movies and trying to sell them. So, you know, there was an actual copyright infringement. Okay. Um. A few images posted on online uh, technically is an infringement of copyright, but nobody really gets hurt. Nobody uh, is making money, so usually that piece of companies when you do something that makes a brand look really bad and it happened in the past where a company now I can't remember the example for that, but there was, Oh yeah, it was with turtles. I think um, that, that Eastman and Laird went after um, something that made the turtles look really bad. Uh, I think I, I may remember wrong, but I think that what it is is on the, Toys That Made Us, um, they talk Mm -hmm. about this too. Um, So, you know, when you really make, you know, you you make a character do something that is really the opposite of what the character is, uh, something too violent or sexually oriented in a weird way, you know, it's, it's really not what the image of the company wants of that brand. They may go after that. But usually, other than that, they don't really care too much. Because you know, it's just an image posted. The the moment you start selling something, then that's a problem. uh, Because you use the the character appearance, the the brand name, the the character's name. And of course that's full copyright infringement. You cannot do that. Um, There is a weird precedent too that happened last year, I think, when you know uh, James was doing his fan cartoon and Universal has him to not show it, which is controversial, because um, it's, it's not selling, um, it's not making money out of it, it's just, it's like fan art. It's that's really why justified. I guess I was
0: bringing it up, because that was going to be my example. Was This is nothing that James yeah. or anybody that was involved is profiting off of. It was just a labor of yeah. love from fans, and it's a love letter to fans, and that's all it was going to be. And It was for free for everybody to see, so I guess that's why it blew my mind, because I kept bringing him examples of like... You know, Friday the 13th is going through issues with Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham with, you know, who owns the right to Friday the 13th. But in the meantime, there are multiple fan projects through Kickstarter and stuff where, again, it's just covering the cost to make the movie. But they're not profiting. I was like, how can yeah. they do it? But something like with James, what he did, it was a problem. And I guess that's why I questioned, would you even be able to do a comic? Even if there was no profit, could it be done?
1: Uh, yeah. Probably, I mean, the the, the like, GrayskullCon school con did this mini comics that they just gave away to the visitors. So, I mean, you know, when, until you, you stay under the the radar, um, you're fine with this thing. Now, will be wise for me to work on something like that? Probably not because of the position I'm in. Okay. Um, I mean of course I work for multiple companies this company needs to know that I'm reliable and uh, I don't do this kind of of stuff Um, and I also work on Masters of the Inner brand from time to time so again it's probably not wouldn't be wise for me to work on unofficial stuff you know there are certain grey areas like for comic book artists I do prints at the conventions and everybody does, does that it's Kind one thing that is kind of accepted by everybody sometimes they try, like DC and Marvel try to regulate this stuff, sometimes not it's, it, it, it depends but if I do a comic and try to distribute printed copies that may you know raise some question, if I just do it and post it online, I honestly doubt that anybody would have anything to say Unless, you know, you find a jealous person that wants to have his vision. You know, that oh. happened in the past. Uh okay. but other than that, it's fine. Now, there is the question if I would do it, because you're right. Uh, maybe I can raise the money to cover for the time I spent doing this. Um the the issue, and I'm sorry, I have to go on this this very technical part of, of my job, but the thing is, let's do let's say a comic, I will like take a month or two months to do it, and in that couple of months, I, I have to pass on a lot of other things for Asbro, for example. Like Asbro, usually, how Asbro works is that they give me uh, a project every couple of days, it's very fast and it changes a lot. So I have all the small things and I have to do them very fast and turn around is fast too. Um, but then I have to make my, myself unavailable for a long time. And, you know, to tell this big story, I will need multiple issues. Um, so it wouldn't be good for me to not be available for the other work. You have right. to stay available and to... Um, you know, to fulfill all the duties they 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 give you, uh, and they trust you because you're available. Also, especially yeah, reliable. Me. Yeah, yeah, especially me because I'm kind of the emergency guy. When they have something like, "Oh, can you do this for tomorrow?" and I say yes, <laughs> you know, they okay. count on me for 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 this kind of stuff. So uh, it will be cool, uh, but uh, I don't see myself doing this for for a very long time now if i could like just write it and have somebody else illustrating it yeah maybe it's something i i I could imagine doing um i'm not really a writer i mean I, i wrote my own stuff but i haven't wrote a story in a long time i don't I don't even know if I'm a good
2: writer. Maybe I can plot something. Oh, you're a
0: great writer, especially with Homecoming. It was a fantastic
2: <laughs> I, I think I would argue that, a great that great in a quarter writer. while right now after what you just shared. I mean, God almighty, dude. That's <laughs> yeah, well, a, yeah. A,
1: for a sequel, yeah. I may have good ideas, but writing dialogues... Uh, and, and Well, you wrote the dialogue
2: script, in Homecoming, did you not?
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, it's I, good uh,
2: It's it's good dialogue. Like, I, I'm not bullshitting you because you're sitting here like it was legitimately good. That was... The, it it was everything I want. I don't. I hate crummy dialogue. That's what ruins any good cartoon or movie or comic book. I need to have beautiful artwork that takes the characters seriously. And you nailed everything. And then threw in characters like Clamp Champ and and Squeeze and the Cosmic Key, Gwildor's in one shot. I mean, you threw in everything. So yeah. uh, you're well, <laughs> you're too damn humble, dude. Well, now. <laughs> thank you but
1: uh, think also that this was actually written in italian first because i wasn't able to to, to speak english as good uh, it was written in italian and i had um, a native speaker um, teacher here in palermo translated for me so so i didn't actually wrote the dialogue in english
2: but uh-huh. it's still translate, you know, that's, yeah, say, yeah, 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 okay, well, that's good enough for me, that's, 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 that, that's more than fine, dude, yeah, I you write the know. whole thing in a if you want to, we'll, 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 translate it down the road, probably, well, n- now
1: I guess I'm a bit better, I will still need somebody helping me with good, good dialogues, uh, but, you know, I haven't done it in almost, well, the, the last time i wrote a story was for, uh, the Orco story, the issue eight, volume three of MV Creation comic, that was the last story i wrote, uh, well, that was fun that one was something I really enjoyed because I, I, I got to write a story for Horko uh, but that was the last time I wrote something so I, you know I, I just don't know if I'm still good doing it. it it will be fun you know it will probably wouldn't be exactly what I wanted to do 20 years more than 20 years ago some of the ideas I had you know I used them in the MV creation story that we never told anyway so it still remained, I'm told, but some of these concepts were incorporated in, in what we wanted to do. Uh, of course, I had to merge them with what was established in the cartoon. Um, but you know what? What something I found very interesting about this is another weird tangent. But I, I noticed that how one thing that I found that it was a good idea eventually was used again. And I'm, to this day, I'm wondering if Noel Stevenson read something I wrote. Probably not. Probably it's just a coincidence. Uh, but, you know, one of the ideas, it was in Volume 3, was kind of explained in Volume 3, was that, you know, in Mike Young's production cartoon, there was Despondus. And Despondus mm-hmm. this was this dimension or that was banished too. And what we wanted to do in the comic was to, again, change that and reveal that Eternia is in the Spondus. And Ord, the rest of the universe and the Horde are outside and they're trying to get in the Spondus and conquer Eter- Eternia. Um, and if you watch the new Shira cartoon, they kind of did the same. They believe Etheria, uh was out in the universe and... Um, and Hor Prime was trying to find a way into, into Ethereum. But it turned out that Mara uh, put, I think it was Despondus too, in, in the new Shiro cartoon. Mara put Ethereum in Despondus to hide it from Hor Prime, which is exactly what I wanted to do in, in the MV Creation comic. That was fun. When I watched it, I was, wait, this is exactly the
0: same thing. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah,
2: that, that was yeah, I was
0: go- I I couldn't make any comment. I I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, comment. Yeah, because we we promised
2: cartoon. ourselves we were not going to slam the new Sheba cartoon. Otherwise, we're going to have to do a commentary yeah. for the Island episode of MYP. So we 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 promised yeah. everyone we're we're not going to, you know, attack <laughs> that. And cartoon it's the only anymore. time I get
0: real real angry. So I just was trying to stay silent. But um, no. But hopefully, you never know. Maybe there'll be something in the future with like you said with your comics. You know, some years coming forward, hopefully. But what, I was gonna what, say, it, um, not, sorry, sorry, I put no. I was gonna say and I put that link there so any of the fans can uh click it here on the video description. You can check out his his comic and check out Homecoming because it is fantastic. And before we get to the question parts where we do Q and A with the fans, we'll just do a little bit of discussion of maybe some of the artists from the past, maybe some mm-hmm. people that either are your favorites or influence. Because that's what I always love asking, and I'm curious. Is like. Was it Masters of the Universe and the art of all the stuff you've seen that kind of influenced you to become an artist? Was it just a combination of a lot of the things in the eighties? But beyond that, I'd love to know some of your favorite Masters of the Universe mm-hmm. artists.
1: I, I mean, I've been drawing since I was a little kid, so I I cannot say there was something specific that uh, that made me decide I, I wanted to be an artist. Actually, I wasn't even until the end of uh, high school I was. Well, no. Before high school, uh, second grade, I was saying, "Now, as I'm not going to be an artist, that's too complicated." Like I, I kept drawing, but was I wasn't sure that was a real career to pursue. Uh, so I changed my mind. Eventually, I said, "Oh, yeah, that's that's nothing else I can do actually. So I have to do it." But um, I, I know I could relate a lot with the art. I I would see. like the art impressed me a lot. So with Masters of the Universe, of course, um, the fact that the the art was so important in the marketing for Masters, uh, as I learned later, uh, that that was definitely something that stayed with me all all this time. You know, Alcala and and Rudy and and Bill George, um, it was... um, they were they were so important, and of course, they, they were what brought this stuff alive. That what made these characters alive. So there was the storytelling part, even in in single illustration like the box art. Um, there was a storytelling into the box art, the storytelling part in the box art because you see this character animated, moving, going to each other, going against each other, fighting. Uh, having facial expression. Uh, so, the the art is what gives lives to the characters uh, other than, you know, the kids playing with it. And it gives um, a clue to the kids about who the characters are. And um, so, they, they definitely influenced me. They didn't make me pursue a career per se, like do specific things. Mm-hmm. But, definitely were uh, a huge influence. And I, I, I know because now like the main piece in my collection is this Alfredo Alcala page I have um, getting to know these guys was like as a He-Man fan, there was nothing that can top meeting Ted Mayer, Bill George uh, and Mark, of course, not nothing more than that. Like, yeah, I can buy all the toy I want, but meeting the artists that created them—that's the best part. There's nothing like that. So, and of course, it's because I'm an artist too. So we we relate with with, with each other. Um, definitely. I mean, I I know I could talk talk to Mark and Ted about art, and we understood each other. So that 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 was cool. And of course, yeah. I mean, there's. This, the, the, the box art and the, and the mini comic were the main thing for me. But also the filmation cartoon. I, I learned to appreciate the filmation cartoon because um, it, it was different for us in, in Italy. Um, it was the only cartoon from US that was still um, naturalistic in representing human f- forms. And Filmation was probably the only studio that was still doing that. Because, you know, Anne Barbera, like, they they did Space Ghost, etc. But they kind of left those behind. And it was more like the classic stylized cartoons, uh, Scooby-Doo, etc. On the other hand, in Italy, we got a lot of anime. Like, a lot. Hundreds of series from Japan that you guys never got in the US. So and and anime already from the 70s were a lot more serious than animation from US like in, in I mean in uh themes and, and um moods and you know the the how the violence was represented in these cartoons was completely different from US cartoons like I mean we we had these giant robots killing people all the time or devil man where you had demons killing Guys, left and right, it was very different. Uh, but he, the, the filmation studio was still doing a naturalistic style of art with Flash Gordon and um, Black Star and He Man. So you know that 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 was something I could relate because of the Universe, um I couldn't say it was very modern when, when in the representation of the characters. Because you had Alfredo Alcala, which was a guy that worked a lot in the 60s and 70s. And definitely it had um, a way of drawing that is not modern it, for the 80s too. It had this ancient feeling he used to, draw, uh, to, to help drawing Conan. He inked uh, um, uh, John Busima. So with He-Man, it he, he, he was already making us look at the stuff like we were looking at something ancient, old. You know? And that was part of what was fascinating about this mini comics. I think, for all of us. And, uh, and same Rudy. Rudy was hired specifically because he could um, illustrate like Frazetta back then. And that was why Mark hired him. We need something like Frazetta, because he wanted that style, and that that was the style of Conan and uh, you know all those fantasy covers, and even uh, the sculpt on the figure. Tony Guerrero, the original sculptor, had a, must have had a very classical education in sculpting. Because, like, if you take even the horsemen with the 2002 style of sculpting, there is a lot of Eastern influence, uh, modern way of sculpting, or, or even MacFarlane toys, etc. Maybe there are stuff that is more realistic, but Tony sculpted like um, Renaissance uh, statues, basically. Like, it was surprised. I, I, I'd never noticed it until somebody took off the painting from human eyes. And the pupil in human eyes is a hole. Who does that now? <laughs> like, like you, you, you go and see a, a, an ancient Greek statue, and the, the eyes are sculpted, and the, the, the pupil is a hole. And nobody does that. So, you know, I say, okay, this guy really had this classical education, a new for an anatomy in a certain way. And so everything felt from an ancient world in Masters of the Universe, and that was so fascinating.
0: And that was the thing I wondered was, now in Italy, did you guys have um, any other specific artists that worked on Masters of the Universe, whether it's some kind of magazines or comics that... You know, somebody we didn't have, because like you said, okay, we knew Alcala, and we had Texair, and we had Larry Houston, we had many people working on our comics, but I know that in Italy, it seems like, again, you guys had Masters of the Universe a couple more years, so were there specific artists that were famous there for what they did? Oh Well,
1: I wouldn't say famous, uh, but there were a few artists that worked on the local magazine, on uh, the Masters of the Universe magazine here, and then... uh, um, uh, another magazine that was called Magic Boy. I don't know how it sounds. And uh,
0: uh, <laughs> I have a couple of the Magic Boys here. Yeah, make sure.
1: You know, and there was uh, um, Giuliano Piccinino drew a lot of the stories. Uh, I, I met Giuliano a couple of years ago. Uh, he's not super famous, but he works in the industry still. He was a sweet guy uh, and he, he enjoyed a lot doing Masters of the Universe. And then other than Giuliano, there was a guy that did some merchandising stuff called Flavio Ferron. And the way I found out, uh, I I don't know, do you know the uh, magnetic board? There was like this um, gray school... It was Magnetics. Was it the one that's called Magnetics? Yeah. 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 Okay. That was illustrated by this Italian guy. I didn't know about that. He also did some premium toys for Quick Powder. Um... So I was at school and there was this one of the teacher not my teacher, but one of the teachers at the comic book school in, in Milan, Flavio. And we were talking about master souvenirs, and he said, "Oh yeah, I illustrated this magnetic board and the the quick toys."
0: I said, "Really? <laughs> that was you?" Huh.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was you know a paid job when I was
0: young. Yeah, when I you was... said quick for a second, I was thinking Nestle Quick. I was like, "Hey, I know Jim Steranko did some art for the Nestle Quick can yeah. and did that poster." Yeah. So... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That that. Yeah, that's. True. But you know, it's uh, yeah. So none of none that. Became very famous here because most of the comic we got were from Germany, so we had Michael Goats, uh, this um, this kind of guys here. But oh yeah, one is very important. There was this other magazine called Pew, which what's it called? Plus. Pew, which okay. is basically a plus. It it means plus, but it's the Italian word for plus. It's Pew, it's P-I-U with a stress. And um, there were human comics since 1983, I think. And uh, there were a lot, like probably a hundred stories. It was a weekly magazine. And almost every week there was a story, like eight pages, not more. Um, Most of them were illustrated by a Japanese woman, a Japanese woman that live in Italy. But I didn't find out until very late. Um, I met this woman, which uh, was a Japanese animator. She was an assistant uh, of uh, um, um, Tezuka, Osamu Tezuka. She worked on Kimba, uh, Princess Sapphire. I don't think she worked on Astro Boy, but... uh, she was around that time. A Lo- lot of important stuff with Osamu Tezuka, and uh, and she married an Italian guy and moved to Italy, and she did a lot of comics for kids, including Masters of the Universe. Uh, her name is uh, Yoshiko Watanabe, and I met uh, Watanabe senpai years ago, and. Um, and she was so surprised that uh, I, I knew her for Masters of the Universe. She, she's a very funny woman. And uh, and she was very sweet. Uh, she signed my, my magazines and we, we were talking about Because they were very, very wacky stories. You, you, you had they, they always ended with He-Man uh, like beating Skeletor with the, the flat sword on the head. Or, or blasting them and they were jumping around. They, they, they were so fun. And uh and the weird thing is now like um uh, her daughter is like one of my best friends. Like I'm oh, no fair. kidding. Yeah, oh, oh that's cool. Yeah, Yoshiko and Yoko and it's yeah, it's weird how my, my life eventually connected me through all these people. And I actually I didn't met her daughter because of the comics. She phoned me asking me for a job for an Italian toy company and of course she has she she has his, um uh, her father's name, and then I, I start thinking about, well, there aren't many Japanese girls in Italy with an Italian last name. I say, "Are you the daughter of uh, Yoshiko?" yeah, yeah, it's me, okay <laughs>
0: the answer that. What did he answer that? <laughs> <laughs> I so think the one that. famous Italian artist we had here, I don't know if he was famous in Italy, but Tyler, you know, he knows this guy real well. And that's uh, Gino Diacili. And he's the one that did like covers of uh, some of those uh, golden books, like The Trap and stuff. He's the one that his art almost got confused with Earl Norum. You know, like the, the one book, The Trap, right? And that was Gino. Yeah. I didn't know if Gino Diacilli was, is he known in Italy or is just maybe he's just an Italian? It was, was it uh, was he it Italian
1: for sure? Or it was yes, just Italian? Yes. And
0: he uh-huh. lived in Italy? Well, I was going to say, I know that he worked on the, you know, those uh, golden books here. But I was like, I didn't know if he did anything in Italy or as if he's just known for doing stuff here in the United States.
1: No, I never. No, I don't think it was known here.
0: Okay, Because um, his, his work is great. I mean, like I said, you can see how it's close to norm. But I always love that painted style. I was going to pass it to Tyler if he had any questions. Another question for you before we start hitting the chat room. But I'll, sure.
2: I'll
0: pass it to Tyler.
2: I I'm just kinda like spent after our homecoming. It was just, <laughs> just kind of <laughs> like I'm like deflated. Like right now I'm like I'm just kinda like uh, uh trying to recover from all that. I just uh <laughs> it was uh overwhelming to hear all hear all that and uh I feel like we, we need to have you back to discuss like even more in depth on the MVC stuff too because mm-hmm. of all the the stuff that was hinted at that you guys did really didn't get to Elaborate more on like the Power of Fear comic. I'd love to ask you more about that because uh, your your um, your take on Scareglow is like holy shit, man! Like thank God, that was just thank you beyond beyond badass. And uh, okay. the Staction artwork, like uh, let me ask you, what's your take on Jitsu? Because I just love discussing Jitsu, and your 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 Staction uh, illustration of Jitsu was amazing. But what do you think of the character? Like, it's just random, but I just love talking Jitsu. I've
1: I like the 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 toy a lot. It was it was just never developed. I mean in the cartoon was just single appearance, you don't learn a lot of him. There was a story in the German magazine where it was like somebody coming from another uh land and at the end is basically F of Skeletor saying, ah, I don't want to deal with you anymore and it just because it was beaten by him and so it was not really a servant of Skeletor. I, I'd love to, you know, to develop him a lot more. It, it, it will, I mean, Scott tried, I mean, he gave him a big role too. I remember I probably because he heard about this, this stuff from, from the German, uh, magazine where he had the more important role. Um, but yeah, it is the guy that lacked any real background that could be used. Um, I, I, I like the, the take that the four, well, there was more uh, another guy that worked with the four horsemen. So I, I never know if I can mention him or not, but it was our friend George that did the jitsu station. and uh, it's all his ideas. And uh, of course, I, I can tell he had a lot of great ideas about jitsu. Uh, and he did, I, I think he also did the classics figures. And I don't know if you remember the, the controversy uh, where, other than the sword, the classics figures also had those two little axes, kind of axes. Yes. And people were complaining, why they gave them two axes? It makes no sense. It's dumb because it cannot hold them at the same time. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, it doesn't make sense for it because the figure cannot hold them. And I ask George about this. I say, George, why you gave them two? Because he cannot fight with all of them. The figure cannot... He doesn't fight with them. He throw them. He just pull one and throw, pull the other and throw.
0: (laughs) Oh, God.
2: God. That makes perfect sense to me. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Uh, I love uh, the staction that he did. I didn't know that he did the entire thing because... Uh, yeah, just like the, the gigantic hand, all the little
2: jewels. Yeah, and that, was awesome. that was awesome. That was wonderful. Was was there a meaning behind the jewels on his hand? I mean, that that you could think no, of? I, I no, I don't know. That
1: you would have to ask Eric Trayder, right because Eric drew the this first illustration. I think it was. I think it's in the Dark Horse uh, the art book too. There is the illustration Eric did, but then George took that illustration really made it something else uh so i don't remember if there were uh all those scratches and scribing and jewel on the, on eric's uh drawing i'm trying to remember i can't but that's something that eric will know for sure definitely
0: one of the most fragile stactions though i'll have to yeah. say that thank yeah. god my ponytail didn't break is your ponytail <laughs> intact Um. Uh,
1: yes yeah i have okay. I have two. I I got four. I I sold two with the the point i broken, but the two I have are still intact.
0: All right. Well, now I was going to say I'm going to pass it to the chat room. If you guys have any questions for Emiliano, you can pop them up in here. And maybe this is now where we can try to bring Nathan back in. If he had any previous questions or something he wanted to say while we're waiting for them to pop something up. Wait, or, I mean or wait, Nathan might not be here right now. Okay. I thought, he was. Well, I, was, I, thought I thought he was too. I was waiting cuz I thought I seen movement on the screen for a second, but um well, I'll have to wait. We have a 30 second delay. That's why we always have Nathan do that cuz then I'll I'll send him a, I'll, a message
2: and, and say, "Hey, are you around?"
0: Yeah, cuz I was waiting to see uh, yeah, it's 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 a 30 I, second I, I, delay. I, well, I
2: apologize. I mean, I'm here. I'm just I'm just waiting. There he is. I'm waiting hey. for the the chat oh. room to you know have something intelligent to say and so far uh no, <laughs> no yeah don't be asking a million if you like like spam or what his favorite uh master for soap dish is or some shit like that have some intelligent stuff to ask the
1: man i, I have a favorite soap <laughs> dish
2: oh how about that all right well, we'll to, all right, all right, good the answer that way you're not wasting your time there
0: well there are just three so it's pretty easy to it's pick laser one. bolt dragon walker <laughs> the land shark is that what you're yeah. gonna say Yes, yeah, I well,
1: don't. yeah, yeah. So, uh, definitely the land shark because the skeleton is just too damn
0: cute in the land <laughs>
1: shark. <laughs> yeah,
0: I not remember if Laser Bolt was the, the rarest one. I don't know. But, um, okay, let's see. Grimbot said, question for Emiliano, which filmation concept art piece surprised you the most?
1: Uh, it depends on what... Uh, what I what, uh, what, uh, what, uh, mean, because, like, artistically... What I like it or what I like because it exists and I have it <laughs> or I have seen it because um, like I have a folder with a um, like hundred sketches of the original characters. So like early sketches of a Skeletor, Tila, uh, Trap Joe, He-Man. So of course you know uh, I paid a lot for them. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, let's say I could have bought a car with that folder. Uh, yeah, he said
0: basically, he's like, um, he meant as in, whoa, I didn't expect that. That's what I guess he meant.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that definitely, but uh, even among those, I think that there are the Tila sketches. There are very rough early sketches where she's younger looking, um, very funny, like, uh, not, not serious as she's always uh, is in the cartoon uh-huh. she's yeah, more uh, light-hearted in, in uh, her gestures etc etc so i like that a lot that's okay. some of my favorite pieces all uh, right all um, the filmation stuff i have all
0: right i was gonna say spider rat said was it a pain drawing the 2000x power sword in the comics and would you have preferred drawing the original style sword
1: Yes, of course, I will have preferred. It was a pain because, uh, well, I wasn't as good uh, back then. And it was kind of complicated to get it right With because you change the perspective of the sword all the time. And matching matching the perspective of that was a pain. Um, so what I did was I had this uh, flat shape of the sword um, just the outline, and every time I had to draw it, you know, on the layout, I would change this, this shape to adapt to the actual pose that the, the, the and the angle that the, the sword was supposed to, to be in. So I had this kind of uh, sort of silhouette of the sword in the right perspective, and then I just had mm-hmm. to add the the thickness and the depth so that helped a lot but i had and you know also because there was this the weird symbol that team had, had that was on the sword too so i had to replicate that every time so yeah i, I tried to i i used this little device uh, to, to help me drawing it but yeah, it yeah was...
0: that must have been a pain to draw that over and over were you a fan of that 2000x sword design honestly no, no. Sugar coated. Hey, not many people were. Was, uh, I can't well, but, people. you know,
1: I I I must say I'm saying it now because I know that the way I'm saying it is not gonna offend Eric. You're yeah, not
0: being an ass. You're not being a dick. To nobody. Yeah. No.
1: Like they they know exactly. Also, I mean, their plan was just to you know to to make it like a. Temporary sword because Skeletor got a hold of the, the 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 real one. So when they drew that, it was it was not supposed to be the real power sword. So, mm-hmm. but it was in the cartoon was the real power sword. So for me that was kind of a blasphemy. <laughs> so that was pretty it, much Patel's call, wasn't
2: it? They're they're the ones that decided to make that the new power sword, right? Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. It was uh, the producer of the show, Jan Richter, that uh, had that made oh, i think all this decision well no no well not not sure actually for that because it was decided for the entire toy line so maybe it wasn't it wasn't specifically for the cartoon but yeah you know probably i mean i would have accepted as a temporary sword even like it but the fact that it was the real powers were the fact that i had to draw it every day for three years that's I, I hate it a lot <laughs> <laughs> and i mean it's CB was with me, like, it's, I don't remember if he actually apologized, but he said that he understood that uh, it was a pain and they asked to, to draw that all the time. <laughs>
0: but all right. Who, um, I was going to say, one of our uh, seven-year-old fans, Ivy, has a question for you. She was wondering what your, who is your favorite character to draw? Orko. Always, Orko. Oh, no way! Now, here, this is the fucking crazy thing. And you'd think, why am I saying this? But, uh, you know, because there's a seven-year-old fan listening. But uh, I don't say it offensively <laughs> to be mean. But her response was, or her father said, she's hoping that it's Orko. What are the odds that you said Orko? You just made her day. So, <laughs> bam! Uh, that's amazing. And it's um, right. Mean, you
1: can go back through a lot of question and answer I did. During through this a uh, through the years, and I always say Dorco. It's true. That but is it's amazing,
0: a, and it's funny. All right, well, you made her day. So thanks for that. Um, Spike said, um, Emil, "Emiliano, if Mattel employed you to relaunch the Powers of Grayskull toy line, what would your first wave consist of?"
1: <laughs> That's a pretty weird question to ask because I know exactly <laughs> what I would.
0: Hit
1: because us, go ahead. I, I kind of planned. Uh, well, when I originally pitched the idea to Super Seven to do Heldor and Hero, I said, let's do a full wave of Power of Grey School. And I, I even had the image with the four characters, and it was uh, Heldor, Hero, um, Sharel, and Keldor. I wanted to. It'd do be this.
0: your Keldor, not a blue Keldor, yeah. correct? Yeah. I it was that.
1: it's the Keldor that you can see on my page and the uh, the Mad Duck poster that we did some time ago. Um, okay, so they... link
0: that to us later too. I want to see that again. It's been a while since I've seen that Mad Duck poster. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Well, I can I can link uh, uh, on my page. There is the design for the figure too. So um, that's that's probably easier. To, I mean, you you you'll see him better there because he's kind of in the shadow in the poster. Uh, so that was my idea of the first wave. Now. If we had to do it now, it will be trickier. Because let's say somebody gets the license to do these figures again. It will take probably another year, two years to relaunch this. So the Super 7, Elder and Hero would be all figures by then. And that's an issue. When you want to launch a line, you cannot, you cannot really start without the, the main guys. So, I think Hero will need to be reissued somehow. Um, maybe, I mean, the, the, the trick there could be to make his action feature work this time, you know, to rework him, not to, to do just a, a straight reissue, but rework it so he has the action feature, which I don't know if everybody knows, but he, he was supposed to have a spring-loaded arm, with a button on his back, and uh, and when you push the button, the arm will spring up. This was oh, con- okay, yeah. This was connected to the staff. Now, uh, the staff on the Super Seven release had the right mechanism, and that that's an entire other story <laughs> if we want to talk about. But it had the right mechanism inside, but it was not balanced well because mm-hmm. the when you close when you Push the, the the crystal down the weight of the let's call them petals that close it should be mm-hmm. enough to keep it down
0: you know they, you. they
1: stay close and and then uh when the arm goes up the Boom. the shaft inside is is propelled up and because of the mechanism that is inside, it makes the petal open. Gotcha. This cool. is how it was supposed to work. Uh. Now, I have to, to give a shout-out to my friend, Pierre Browner, uh, which you guys may know him. Uh, he actually sculpted some classics figures, too. Uh, Pierre is a friend of uh, of mine that I met uh, at Grey Con in Germany and then also at PowerCon. Uh, we do a lot of stuff together. And... Um, he helped me figuring out how this, this thing worked because it was the one suggesting, look, in the instruction on the back, you see the, the keys passing down the, the crystal and that the, the pedals close. And I didn't pay attention to that because really we have no materials. All this, this stuff we figured out about Hero was through the instruction and the shape of the, of the weapon. So we had to re- retro-engineer all this thing and understand what it was supposed to do. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't balanced well enough, so it will stay close And of course, without the harm movement, it, it couldn't do uh, what it was supposed to do. But let's say there is a new wave of Power of Grayskull. There could be a reissue of Hero with that. Uh, maybe there could be a whole mini comic with part of gray, of, uh, Power of Grayskull Part 2. Be really nice. <laughs> and now, yeah, I guess I will do um, Streak and um, I don't know, i probably then name it one.
0: Okay. And, you know... Uh, uh, definitely time, a different unnamed one, too, I'm sure. Not the one Not that, that, that we get. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it would be probably... I mean,
1: even if it wasn't supposed to be the unnamed one, it was kind of like two days earlier than Hero. It was sketched two days earlier than Hero. So, yeah, it would make sense. He had a very interesting action feature, too. So I would do that and... You know, later wave it will make sense to, to have He-Man, because I think we should have He-Man traveling back in time as a, uh, a grip for the story. You know, like exactly uh, as in She-Ra, you had he popping uh, in a lot of times in the cartoon, because uh, kids, the audience from the He-Man cartoon was supposed to be brought in in the Shira cartoon, so they had He-Man coming on, on the Shira show a lot of times. So, for Power of Grey School, they set up him and showing up in the past. So why not? Probably will be a different guy, a different version. Um, maybe he could have a, a chromed um, armor too, because he was super powered by hero in the past. You know, I mean, there the, the could be a lot of cool stuff to do with the, with that line. And of it's course, y- you know what? The the one thing I would like to do. Uh, not just on power of grade school. It's just to do new stuff. Like, my dreams is okay. What what would have happened if they kept doing human toys in eighty eight and in eighty nine and in nineteen? You know, and just creating because honestly, the fun of masses of the universe was finding out what was new every year. Sure, sure, and. In today's toys, this is gone. Not, not just Masters of the Universe. I'm not talking specifically about Masters of the Universe. This is gone from everything. You don't do new stuff. Even Transformers. Transformers are those characters. But back in the days, Asbro was creating new characters every year. And now we have to rely on just bringing back uh, Optimus and Bumblebee and Soundwave and yeah, the Crosswalk. same
0: tried and true character. But you're right; yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's what made it exciting to collect the it toys. Was. You didn't know what you're going to get, and it just yeah. expanded the universe. You wanted new stuff. Yeah. That makes I, perfect I, sense. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I, I'm all for that, but I feel like they don't—they never put anybody competent in the position to come up with characters who get the mythology or the property. That's why, like, I've always kind of frowned upon because they don't put people in charge who who could create like. You know, obviously, I trust Emiliano to to come up with you know a wide variety of of heroic and evil wars because like you don't have to question the logic because he gets it. Like he's not going to come in there and come up with some sort of you know like God, oh, this this character does not belong. We don't need to go back down that path again of who we're re- referring to. But yeah, I, I love to That's see dope. new characters, but it's yeah. it's got to be someone who gets Transformers, who gets GI Joe, who gets He Man, or who gets Ninja Turtles because. You know, you can come up with. There's a lot of really bad fan creations out there. Like that, if that's cool from their own idea, but for the masses, like you got to have somebody who really understands this property.
1: I understand it's not an easy thing, and people working on this stuff also have a lot of other things to to think about. And I know I'm not obsessed with it, so maybe that's why I get closer to this concept. Uh, but also, it, it, it's also a market problem. Um, Like, imagine, even if it's done right, I don't think new characters will be that well accepted anyway, even if if they're done right. I don't think people will be able to, will, will be, yeah, will be able to accept new guys that easily. And, you know, if you bring Masters of the Universe to Walmart, like they're doing now, and... They do, of course, I totally agree. You have to start with the main characters. But let's say they start adding new stuff on Wave 2 or Wave 3. Like that Keldor that won the the, the poll Mm. the other week. Mm.
0: Uh, I don't know. Like will people buy it? I'm not sure. I know exactly. No, I'll tell you what, Emilio, not to cut you off. I know exactly what you mean because anytime there's some figures that are shown, people usually say, but I want Trap Jaw. I want want all the stuff I know. And like you said, when new stuff is introduced, they are like, who's this guy? I don't want him. Now, as a kid that could possibly be getting into the line, they don't give a shit. They just want to keep buying the new stuff. They love it. But you're right. As much as we say we do want new stuff, when it's introduced, the fans do nothing usually but complain, saying, I don't know what this character is i don't want it but it's almost like with what tyler was saying you would hope somebody that gets masters could create it and make something so damn cool that you wouldn't question it because like for an example when drago man was introduced nobody said that looks like crap and doesn't belong they said that's fucking cool everybody wanted it but there were some other characters like Psychop chop and sir lazar like what the hell is this people weren't into it but i know what you mean it's it's hard to get the fans to say i'm gonna buy it when it's brand new but hopefully if they just get the essence of masters and can create it you would just hope people embrace it because i'm with you i would love to see new stuff but you wonder will fans accept it
1: yeah and and, i mean it's nobody's fault really um you're a kid and you're open to the new stuff you're a 40 Mm -hmm. 45 years old like me now i understand it's harder to to accept new stuff. You, you're you just, you love the stuff because it's your memory and your childhood. Um, but, like, like, for example, even what I watch on TV now is not like new stuff of, of the same kind of, of things I used to watch when I was a kid. I don't, I, I like, I watch a lot less sci-fi stuff. Uh, there isn't a lot, to be honest, to, to watch, but I, I'm, like I get to watch different kind of stories now uh, or read different kind of books. So, tastes change and we have an attachment to what we liked when we were kids. So, and for a company that translates and simply uh, that we risk putting money into tooling for something that people won't pay, it's, that's a real problem for them. So I understand why they don't want to take the risk. There are ways around it. Like one thing I suggested, super uh, sorry, I don't want. To, like I just, I'll just finish this. What I suggested, Super Seven, and they were with me with this when they were thinking they were allowed to do it was okay. Let's uh, let's do the main characters first, and then like in third, fourth way, we start introducing concept character or other characters. Like they started doing Shadow Weaver and uh uh evil seed for example and then y- you get people used to to buy stuff that wasn't a toy before but they knew and maybe we can do uh like concept stuff like the whore yeah, and sure. eventually by like hey the the um, wave eight or nine you start
0: introducing completely new stuff yeah completely new and i think that would help with like you know if again when i keep talking about mini comics that's another important thing because if you're whether a kid or even you know adults as we are and we're seeing somebody new in a comic as well Mm -hmm. it makes you embrace that character more it's same thing like with the cartoons in the myp cartoon Nobody questioned that the faceless one wasn't a cool ass concept and a cool ass figure. It's like, damn, that is a cool character, they get it. And when he came in figure form, you fully embraced it. So, you would think with new, brand new characters in Toy Farm, even if they're not going to be in an upcoming cartoon, hell, at least if you have something, whether it's a drawing like you did with your character cards or something, it can make you accept that character a little more.
1: True, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, that you need some sort of media and storytelling on the side to make people yeah. like something. Uh, Scott was actually right on this stuff. He put new, new some of these new guys in the mini-comics and people now, wants, uh, now want some of these figures. Some I don't personally like, uh, but people still want them in classic of course now that there is very little chance they will ever get them, but yeah. it it works you you're perfectly right it it just you, you put them in a story you make them alive and people yes. will start wanting them
0: exactly yes yeah, right well All right. another question now this is from Zentron i'm sure the answer is yes but he said question for me Liano. have you ever bought animation cells from he-man or shiro he's probably got a shit ton of them but uh yeah have you
1: uh yeah i bought no i don't have a lot
0: um... no i was expecting you probably had a lot of them
1: Sell? No, I, I don't know. I have like ten, probably. I have one background. I have one piece from the commercial.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I have uh, one too. Yeah, I have one yeah, of these commercials. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh but no, not not many sell. Yeah, between ten and fifteen.
0: Well, but that shocked me. I was really gonna think you had a lot more, but guess not.
1: No, because we we started buying. Pencils, like, uh, you know, model sheet art and concept art. And those I have around 28,000 pieces.
0: Oh, geez. Wow that's insane that's insane oh god well i'll tell you what through all that i know there was a lot of comments uh, i don't know how many questions i might have missed some because uh, as we were talking i know the thing was scrolling up i don't know nathan did you catch anything or that might be kind of the end of the questions because they were just into hearing you talk and they were just doing a lot yeah, of comments I, I, yeah that's kind
2: of mostly the the end of the questions but I, I appreciate that we actually had some good ones this time around yeah. yeah
0: those were good questions yes definitely yeah so before we wrap it up Emiliano is there anything that you'd like to promote any of your pages where people can find you on Instagram Facebook Twitter anything you want and pop well, it here yeah. and yeah also...
1: sure I mean through the link that there is in the description of the of the show you, you'll find the album from homecoming and that's on my professional page um, something I started doing is not accepting friends request on my personal page i hope nobody gets offended anymore i just have so many i just don't keep up like 3000 people i don't personally know and i if you follow my professional page that probably that bet, better for everybody uh so it's really nothing personal my my professional page is where you want to connect with me i'm it's still there it's just two separate things, but you'll find me I'll reply to messages etc and I post most work related stuff you don't want to see random photos of my town or what I hit uh, uh, I had for dinner uh, every day which I do like everybody else but maybe you're more interested in in what I draw so that my my pro page is uh, uh, more about that Uh, Instagram account is kind of a mix of the two things so you have to um, bear with the random photos of a boot or boats on the sea, et cetera. <laughs> okay. uh, but that's, I, it's just, I think it's Santa Lux or Santa Lux 75. I can't remember right now, but. Well, Santa Lux
0: still, would be ending with one X or two Xs? Xs. Yes, okay. just one Santa Lux. yes, yes.
1: Other than that, um, I mean, well, the foundation is still trying to get some books done. Uh, always They're great. Very tricky uh, because rights keep changing hands too. So, you know, you, you deal with somebody, and at one point, oh, we don't handle Masters of the Universe anymore, uh, so we have to talk to now. And um, Dark Horse hasn't been very cooperative in that regard, so we're on our own, we're still trying. We have, I mean, yeah, this is the book we did in 2011. Let's say. I redid it completely, and now will be like twice the size with the Ooh. stuff we have. That would uh, be amazing. Yeah, and it's kind of done. It just needs to be printed, basically. So we hope to do that eventually. Him um, and fans probably know the Mondo stuff that I've been working on. Um, I'm very glad they revealed Shira ra um, just a couple of days ago. The sketch I did for Shira, I did a few others I obviously cannot talk about. That is very exciting working with Mondo because you can do this giant figure with a lot of details and go crazy with a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I hope to keep doing them. Of course, I hope that they they will keep calling me. I I think if they notice that people like what I do, they will keep calling me for this. So, show support for those figures. I know they're expensive and they... Sell out. They're worth
0: quick. it, though, for people they can afford. Them, there is a lot of accessories. They are definitely well worth it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And uh, it, it, it's fun to do it. I had a lot of fun with Brock, Otter, Baker, and uh, and now it's not anymore with the company, but um, with the folks over there. I think we'll we'll keep having fun with those. And who knows? I'm. To be honest, I have to say, I'm sorry that Super 7 cannot do uh, Masters of the Universe anymore. I know there are many folks that are not super fond of what Super 7 did, the quality, uh, uh, the delays, etc. Uh, personally, I think quality improved a lot. Uh, over- it did improve. And it, the thing,
0: I think I got to give it to them on those vintage style figures, if anything, I love that they kept... You know, the action twist ways, you know, they, they yeah. felt like action figures. And yeah, That's something that, you know, while these Origins uh, figures that are coming out look great, they're just articulated. They have no twist punch. They have nothing. They don't feel like an action figure for kids. But, you know, just my yeah, opinion, it, not it, shooting it, it, and it's, shitting on things.
1: No, no, no. It's just a different concept. This is yeah. an avatar of, a, of an old idea. Uh, yeah. It's not like a toy. It's uh, a representation of another toy, which is what Classics was too. Um, it wasn't that toy. It was, oh, remember that toy? Here is another, uh, an idea of that toy. But it's not a toy. With Super 7, what I wished uh, I could I could have done with them, we never get to that point, I don't know if they would have allowed me to do, is that I wanted to do toys. And not just... Uh, Figure of a toy, no, a, a real toy. I wanted the figures to have action feature, to yes. work exactly like the old toy. We, even with the limitation of the old toys, like not let's not do something with Bluetooth because in the 80s you didn't have Bluetooth. So let's keep it in that real. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, we didn't get to do to to that. We they didn't were um, didn't had permission to do. Different stuff. They, only, they were limited to the cartoons, unfortunately. Uh, Elder and Hero, as they said, they were kind of a one-time thing they were allowed to do. That we couldn't do more. But yeah, the, the thing is, uh, the artistic freedom that you would get with Super 7, you won't get with, other, with Mattel. Just because they have different market, different audience, and different purposes. Super 7 could do the wacky thing like the Chaya Pet or the, you know, the Pignata, the skeleton Pignata. This kind of stuff, it was for that specific audience that Super 7 had. And it was, yeah, there were issues with some of the figures uh, at the at the uh, beginning. And I know why, because there was a new things for them. They weren't prepared to do. That's Kyle of... Uh, and that scale and that volume of product and but they had this freedom and they had this mentality like let's do toys let's do fun thing let's stay in the trim let's give them the the twist ways action feature Um, I mean Mattel will do their thing it would have been cool if Super 7 could have kept doing that thing and um, I mean we, we got new art from Errol uh, uh, yeah, so that, that. <laughs> that, that? was that was. We, Errol was so happy to do that. Like he, he still bright me uh, every now and then. Say, so, "Oh, that was so fun to to to, to do this again." And uh, and I, of course there were other artists too. Uh, that, uh, Marco Failla helped me ago, again. Emanuele Lupacchino, uh, um, Adam uh, Adam Moore. Uh, we we got to use uh, other artists that were that loved He-Man, and they did the right thing, I think, for for the Carback, and um, weren't trying to do anything new, Uh, we just wanted, it it was like with the DVD, I wanted people to almost believe these were done in the 80s, for the packaging at least. (laughs)
0: It worked, and I, before I wrap it up, I'll pass it to Tyler so he can have some final thoughts if he wants to say something before we close her up.
2: I just can't thank you enough for uh, your contributions to He-Man. I mean, from you know everything you did on on Homecoming to uh, various illustrations you'd post on the forums back in the day to the staction artwork. I mean, all of it is just. Uh, I was like, he he gets it. I mean, like I don't have to say anything. He j- he just gets it. Like I almost felt like saying saying thank you. It, any other time it was just like. He didn't need my praise man he's getting to do it like that's 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 the biggest compliment, but it was it was just so awesome to to see such care put into all those characters all those years ago. It left me wanting more I never forgot it um and even more so now i'll I'll just i, I may just have to pester you to death like to get like a a concept drawing of what what could happen in that part of the story or when the whole <laughs> show up or some anything i mean it's just. You know I it's it's incredible and uh, I I thank you for being such a um, a respectful fan who continues to celebrate this this property uh, to this day and it's it's just um it's awesome dude I I just I really just can't thank you enough for everything you've done for for the fans and for paying so much respect to my favorite mythology <laughs> period so uh it's I'll just keep repeating myself like a broken record here because I just kind of feel like I I, it's hard to express in words, you know, the impact you had on 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 my perception of He-Man through the comic books. And, you know, it just left me wondering, I still want to see you draw a blade. I have yet to see your version of Blade. You know, like I want to see how you would draw blade. There's so many other, like, you know.
1: Uh, actually, you know what? The the pages I did for um, the final exam were Masters of the Universe 2 in, in 1998. And there was Blade in it. It was all in the movie. So all the characters had uh, movie costumes, and I drew Blade there. But I don't oh, have these, because we had to, to give them to the school. Because it was the final exam, so I don't have them. And they were pretty bad. I remember they were pretty oh, bad.
2: Oh, of course. So if you said Homecoming was pretty bad, like, I can't imagine how no, bad that Blade was. Those were
0: worse. Those were definitely worse. <laughs> okay. <because they> were <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Emiliano, it was great having you on. We appreciate it, and we're definitely going to have you back because there's a lot more things sure, that we, can sure. we, yeah, we we going to discuss. Yeah, I got
2: so much more I got to ask you, dude. So we'll, we'll save that for part two.
0: Absolutely,
1: it's it has been my pleasure. And again, I said, um, it was really that I I I saw I you guys got what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say. So it was it, was, it impressed me that the message. Uh, went through, and you appreciated exactly certain things that I that I tried to convey with the with that work. So I, I thank you for paying attention and uh, and, and loving my work.
0: If you oh, do God, something yeah. great, Our people pleasure. are going to definitely appreciate Definitely appreciate it. So, But I wanted to again, and thank you for everybody that was in the chat when joined us and glad you enjoyed this episode with Emiliano. People that are new to this channel, make sure you like, subscribe, share, and ring that bell so you can always get notified when we go live. And until next time, have a powerful day.
2: You want to know something, kid? I don't think this is any synthesizer. There's my movie uh, quote. <laughs> now, Emiliano <laughs> ought to get this one. He better get it.
0: I but, actually know
1: it. Yeah, I, I got it because you know I, I listened to the original to the movie in Italian. So, you know, the English oh. the English, lang- English dialogue I eventually I've seen multiple times in English, but I haven't memorized all the, the English dialogue uh, uh, as well. But uh, yeah, uh, to 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 finish um I, I wanted to apologize for fiddling with my hand all the time. It's something I do when uh, uh, when I'm talking, and uh, but it's it's a fun thing to I uh, show you what I'm fiddling with. Uh, this is uh, Top Toys paint mask for Webster uh, Whoa. <laughs> to paint the feet on on Webster. <laughs> oh, cool! So I nice. had it here, and I kept fl- uh, fiddling with it. They, they gave it to me. Uh, the, the owner of Top Toys said, "Oh, yeah." Take this. Oh, I wish I had something like
2: that. I could just fiddle with, you know. I just what What do I got here? I got a pop that so I can fiddle with here, and you got, you know, a top toys art. <laughs> I fiddle with my mask the whole show, so.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs>